0: And we're back, the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glasser. We Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every day, right there for you. But twice a week, wherever you get your podcast, plus also as well, Game Source, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football. Oh my gosh, you guys are awful. I thought, I thought you always talked. I started <laughs> hearing what I, how
1: I might have sounded on that one. <laughs>
0: Uh, and yeah. this is the, comes from the guy who teaches, <laughs> oh, this is not professional. Oh, uh, this is not broadcast quality. Blah 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 blah. And then you start the show like this. Look, but, man, I got know, my
1: polo shirts. I'm still professional. I comb yeah. my hair. I got a nice mic. Come on, saying a couple jokes doesn't doesn't mean we're not classy.
0: <laughs> we're not classy. But also as well, go ahead and check us out Inside Sports Fantasy Football, where these two guys, these two classy guys, were helping Chris Lardieri and myself out on the latest edition of Inside Sports Fantasy Football, where they actually gave some really good insight on Week 4 in the NFL, and also Week 3 in the NFL as well. So go ahead and check it out today, Inside Sports Fantasy Football. I highly recommend if you do. Plus also as well, of course, LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out the guy right there, of course, Joe Soro, is Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Plus, he owns a company that he's been working hard at today because he could not stop by for our shows because he was dealing with everything Simblades. Simblades with a Y.com. Plus, also as well, of course, our good friends, Laker Tom, who was on earlier with us for the great interview we had with Rich Two from Let's Go Warriors. He was a part of that. Go ahead and check out what the number one Lakers blogger is doing today at Lakerholics.com, along with our good friend, Mr. Jamie Sweet, Admiral Akbar himself. He's Mr. Five Things. Go ahead and check out how he's making Laker Tom's life miserable each and every day at Lakerholics.com. Plus, also as well, our good friend's empire, Jeff TV. You know, he did a great job as far as covering the Damian Lillard trade. So go ahead and hear his thoughts on his latest stream there on YouTube and subscribe. Also subscribe to our good friend, John McAlian. You know, he's still trying to go ahead and get that goal of 130 pounds lost by Halloween. Go ahead and hear the inspiring talk that he is doing each and every time out at the John McAlian channel. And speaking of subscribing, there's the little Joe on the right next to the big Joe, please click on the little Joe with the beady eyes right there for you. So you are now subscribed. And plus, if you if you subscribe, you know you also hear that nice little catchphrase that, that Sean has for if you subscribe, and if you do, you'll be getting the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us late night with the Lakers Fast Break. I was going to save this for Friday, but I figure since every other Lakers podcast that's important that's out there is going to be talking about what went on earlier today. The, the vaunted Lakers press conference with Coach Darvin Ham and, of course, GM Rob Palenka. They were there, you know, those days where we couldn't find Rob Palenka. Well, they are no more when the Lakers are winning. They're out there and out in front talking their usual GM speak and coach speak right now earlier today. So we're going to go ahead and wade into what was real and legit and what is actually just stuff hot air that you could just go ahead and toss to the side we're going to discuss that today on on this program but here today first up first man here good man indeed it is the Madman from toronto you got to go ahead and check us out every time he's here he did get out of toronto traffic to go ahead one more time to talk the lakers today it is the magic man sean grice and magic man good to have you here as always well intel wild in the super chat once again much appreciated He says, Joe, so nice of you to join us today. Magic Man, you're here. Did you get a chance to see the words? And I'll go ahead and read you some of the quotes later on as far as it's concerned. We can weed out what was good and what was not. So what's the first topic that you think that we need to cover on the show when it concerned the words that were said earlier today by Rob Palenka and Darvin Hamm? Go ahead, Sean. Yeah. Gotcha. I was quick on the trigger finger myself. That was my bad, my bad. So go ahead. <laughs> and, um, Joe, yeah. and Joe, so nice of you to join us as well.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Joseph, for uh, for arriving. I probably po- what Polinka said about the Back to Back show, that was probably the only uh, thing he said today that wasn't full of you-know-what.
0: Yes, uh, full of you-know-what indeed. Well, elaborate more in detail because he made the comment that he basically he, is, assur- yeah. he made the
2: assur- he made the assertion that if the NBA wants to solve the issue of uh, uh, load management, that they should just discard the idea of back to backs altogether.
0: Okay, because he he did state that he actually petitioned to the league, or he and inf- talked to the league, reached out to the league. I, I think he said, yeah, he way. he he he
2: he suggested that okay. that that's that's a road they should go down. Okay. And usually, Gerald, you know, usually when when some when somebody's out in front like this, it's usually not it's usually not a lone wolf. Yeah. He's he's he hasn't gone rogue here. I'm sure at least half a dozen, if not more, GMs, uh, probably signed on to what he was saying.
0: Okay, let me give you the exact uh, quotes, and this is from Dave McMenamin on Twitter. Ruppelinka says he has advocated to the NBA's competition committee for the complete elimination of back-to-backs in future NBA scheduling in order to solve the player rest quandary that has damaged fan interest in the overall product. Ooh, that was fancy. That was pretty good. Your thoughts on that, my friend? Before I head it over to Joe.
2: Yeah, uh, um, like they're not going to do it, but that's that's the logical uh, deduction to make. To actually try and solve the issue, Gerald, but they're not gonna do it. No,
0: okay. They're
2: That's not gonna that. do it. It's just it's it Gerald, uh you know as well as I do they're not gonna shorten the schedule. They're not gonna do it. No, and no, they're that not would gonna need less money. Exactly. And they're not gonna shorten up the playoffs either. It's not gonna be, ever be a best of five ever again.
0: There's some people that said if we had if less games, it would actually mean more revenue for the NBA. I'd like to see how that exactly. Would yeah, how generate. does that?
2: How does that make sense?
0: Yeah, some people have said that, so I I don't know. I'm a just, wishing
2: yeah. well is, is yeah, that we're maybe, we're
0: maybe yeah. generating by more television, or maybe that, you know, so yeah, attendance some, would go up, something like that, that to like, counteract yeah, that.
2: Yeah, that sounds like some some Sam Bankman Fried math. There it doesn't yeah, really absolutely. make a whole lot of sense, and ends up with somebody going to jail.
0: Pretty much, indeed. But also here today, good man indeed. He is, of course, Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Sorrow from SimBlades, Simblades with a Y.com And Joe, we'll touch on that first comment by Rob Palenka, trying to be the good guy, trying to look all good to the players, trying to be that man that actually is looking out for his players because he was once a, a vaunted agent in the league. Your thoughts on his comments in regards to probably trying to go ahead and get some sway with the NBA and saying, you know what, maybe we don't need those back-to-backs in the future.
1: And uh, how are we supposed to uh, eliminate back-to-backs? Are we going to have a 11-month season?
0: Looking more and more like it. If that would be the case,
1: more, more the reason the need more of a regional schedule we've discussed this this summer i this we discussed it before this summer the nba needs to take on a more regional schedule if you guys can't play back to backs making 60 million dollars a year and having all the -the state-of-the-art medical facilities and all the massages and all the creams and lotions you know it's just it's mind-boggling to me that the more money these guys get, the more concessions they want. At what point are you going to give back? When When is that going to happen? When is someone going to ask Rob, well, Rob, we're giving you guys more money. We're letting you guys load manage, well, until this year probably. We're letting you have your personal things come out, and we're supporting you. At what 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 is next? Are we wiping your ass when you go to the bathroom after this? Is that next? Uh, Could be. The NBA needs to kind of put its foot down at this point. We've said this before. Stop talking about the schedule. Stop talking about the games. And Adam Silver needs to come out in front of this and just say we are not going to reduce eighty-two games ever. owners won't do it i won't do it second we are not eliminating back-to-backs because we don't want a 12-month freaking season it's already too long anyways i actually wanted a six-month uh season honestly because i think that might actually make you more money because the attention spans might be better when you have two less months so back to the regional schedule. If you were able to create a schedule where you had back-to-backs, I believe we had one in San Antonio uh, last year, right?
0: Yes, where they were there. more
1: of those. You're not traveling. You're not changing hotels. You're not on a bus. You basically go from the arena. Well, maybe you might go to the bus to get back to the hotel, but you're not driving anywhere. You're not flying anywhere. You're not having to deal with any kind of jet lag or going up, 30,000 feet. You're just traveling at a short distance to a hotel and then coming back again that next uh, that next day. Start thinking smart, guys. Start thinking smart. Now, if you're telling me, Joe, it's impossible to have all these things work out in a schedule because the stadiums need to have certain concessions to concerts and this and that and the holidays. Okay. that That's probably why they haven't done it. And here's my answer to that. Grow some nuts, players. You have all the resources on the planet for recovery. You're getting paid a crap load of money to do what you're doing. Play the damn 82 games during the year. Shut up. And if you have a problem with it, make the next collective bargain agreement say, well, if you want to take a, you know, if you want a Cedric Savalas and go to Lake Havasu for a week, sure, but that little salary that you like to get every week, are they going to do that? No.
2: And it, it's also it also it's also a complicated issue, Gerald, because you're also dealing with uh, arena availability as well. These, these uh, arenas book these dates, and they expect to be compensated for it. So if the NBA decided to uh, uh, go this route, Uh, It'd be a lot of, there'd be a a lot of uh, legal and um, um, litigious hurdles, I think, because how much money do the Lakers generate from the average game at the arena formerly known as Staples Center?
0: At the Crypt?
2: The arena formerly known as the Staples Center. Yes.
0: Okay. And what, I'm assuming what, $20 million per game. $20 million per
2: game. Okay, I'm just, so, I'm just yeah guessing. yeah. Just so if head. you eliminated like like six back to backs, you know that's they're probably doing the math. That's somewhere like 150 million dollars. That's a lot of money, especially for them when they they book these events like months months in advance. Um, that's another complication. But it's it like that's an interesting idea he has though. At least he's trying to find tangible solutions i don't think it it would actually work realistically but at least he's trying to find solutions to a problem that they're actually acknowledging it it, it exists and it, it's permeated this is rafael from nbadraftjunkies.com and you are listening to the lakers fast break
0: Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, So, you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. (laughs) <laughs> well played, sir.
2: Well played.
0: Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks is to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. We are talking about the press conference earlier on Thursday with Rob Palenka, general manager of the Lakers and head coach of the Lakers, Darvin Ham want to go ahead and mention to you, Joe, something that Intel Wild brought up in the super chat. And thank you so much again for your generosity, Intel. It is truly much and very much appreciated by all of us here at the Lakers Fast Break. He says eliminating back-to-backs would benefit the players, but not the fans slash viewers, a.k.a. the people actually paying the high ticket prices for all this bleep. Your thoughts on that, my friend?
1: A lot of times fans, at least these days, go to the game to boast about how they went to an NBA game. I don't know necessarily if they're and that might be why it doesn't matter if people show up. We saw during the pandemic that the NBA and most of these uh, big leagues don't really necessarily need the fans. It's just a cherry on the top in terms of revenue. Uh, I don't. I don't believe anyone cares about the fans. I think if they cared about the fans, they wouldn't have had to have been forced to make these rules for players to be available. Uh, It has to be in you. Uh, You know, Rob mentioned a few times about Austin Reeves, about having that Mamba mentality. You know, Mamba mentality isn't about being... If you have to be told that you need to play, you're... you're, I mean, what is... how, how, How do you... How does that make you feel as a, as a man and as a player as a professional that you have to be told and you have to have rules telling you hey you need to play especially when you're making 30 40 and 50 million dollars a year so at the end of the day I don't give I don't think Rob uh, players I don't think any of these people give two craps about the fans uh, they look at it as fans media typically are, more negative than positive and you know they they'll give you the rhetoric but i don't think they really care too much about that and you know i can go back and forth on whether they should or not because i know again that most of these people i've been the you know last game i went to was the pow uh ceremony i think i saw more people taking pictures of themselves than actual taking pictures of pow gasol I mean, these people are so in love with themselves with their selfies and their cell phones and they're just jerk off lifestyles. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know really what that, are they there to watch basketball or are they just there to post stuff on Instagram? So <clears throat> sometimes both parties kind of kill each other on that and it doesn't really do anything. But for me as a basketball guy, who enjoys watching basketball and celebrating greatness, great basketball players, great games, things that matter. Uh, I prefer watching the game, whether it's a back-to-back, whether it's between three games. It doesn't matter to me. I just want to watch basketball. And I actually watch the games, guys. I get there before the game starts, and I leave when the clock says zero. Okay. I don't walk in, slap my ham for about two quarters, then sit down for about five minutes, then go to the concession stand, slop some hot dogs and garbage down my throat, watch the game for five minutes, get back up, go get another couple slops of food and drinks or whatever the hell they do, and then leave early on top of that. like, What are you doing here? You just paid $200 to $300 for a ticket to eat overpriced trash and... And and watch the game for maybe a quarter and a half. You see where I'm going here, guys?
2: Yeah, I don't. I I, uh, I will refuse to allow hot dogs to be blasphemed in my presence. Um, <laughs> what did hot dogs ever do to you? Well, do you know what they're made out uh, of? You know what? He's right bomb. about he's right about them being overpriced at the games. He's right about them being overpriced. I don't buy them at the games. I buy street meat. That is the best kind, and that's what you should buy before the game. Street meat still
1: cost eight bucks for a hot dog, and it's. I delicious. finally, I finally just said, it's, it's "I got to get some of this. I got to get some of these at home and just make it at home when I need it." They're delicious, but yeah, I. Go ahead, Joe. What I'm trying to say is I'm trying to give you guys a visual of what these guys likely think of the audience, and I and I feel pretty confident that this is, in private, this is probably in their own minds what they think because, what do you what do you it, 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 the results are what they are. These guys, guys, you think Kawhi Leonard really cares about fans? He doesn't care about fans. He doesn't care about anything except doing what he wants to do, and he's looked on as this enigma introvert whatever whatever and, and 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 you know there's some romance in that but at the same time it's not it's he, he doesn't care he doesn't care about being a professional we saw what he did in san antonio we've seen what he's done in, in la he is not a professional he is a elite player or at least might have been or is starting to go down from that but he doesn't care league he doesn't give a crap about anything James Harden you think James Harden cares about the NBA and its flourishing future of anything these guys don't care guys like Kobe cared. guys like Jordan cared. Shaq you can say even cared even though he was more revolved around what he wanted to do but you don't have a league that cares a lot and or players or the star players that care a lot and I'm not trying to just bag on the current stuff. I'm sure Larry Bird probably didn't care too much about out, you know, outside the outside the um, uh, noise, fans, and all that. But at the same time, Larry played every the day. way The fans wanted a player every
2: play. day, unless unless he was hurt. He played all the time, right? And his 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 terseness and his um, like short temper had more to do with him. Like, Joe, he just he wasn't a good interview. He wasn't. He wasn't really an interesting person to talk to. If you wanted to know about Larry Bird, watch the game of basketball. Watch the I, game of basketball. He was a very boring person outside of that. And it came I, I actually
1: think he was Belichick before Belichick. I saw the interview after Rodman's comments when him and Isaiah... Sat, and I thought his response and the way he delivered it was as as good of an interview as you can. He's like, basically, I'm paraphrasing here. He basically said, look, I don't care. If you, I don't care, why do you guys care so much? You know, I'm the one that got insulted. I'm telling you, I don't care, but everyone cares. And that was always what came out of Larry Bird that was so, to me, entertaining. And for him, in terms of his real disdain for the outside noises, he didn't like the BS. He didn't like that, that the media would attack and do certain things that weren't true. That's really the the the, the issue that he had, which so is a valid issue.
2: I, so I, I basically, I'm 70-30 on this. I agree 70% with what Intel said, and I agree like with a lot of what Joe had to say. I will say this, during the pandemic... Um, we were all, uh, getting used to Gerald, everything. Yes. All right.
0: Everything's good, man. What's all up? right.
2: Uh, you had your eyes closed there for like a second or so.
0: No, I'm just actually, uh, did I? Yeah, starting. you did. You did. I was con- i was <laughs> contemplating life as I know it. Then you're not yeah. dying on us, are you? <laughs> no, I t- t- hope not. Absolutely not. But no, I'm actually just trying to line up everything for the Lakerholic Spotlight on Saturday. Oh, well, anyway,
2: I was just going to say, yeah. During so we were getting along pretty well with the during the uh, pandemic of our lives without sports, and then all of a sudden, the TV networks called up, ring, ring, ring. All these leagues that said. So what are you doing? We're paying a lot of money here. And they decided to come back. And yeah, they did it without fans. But eventually, they brought the fans back. And if they didn't care about the fans, they wouldn't have also put the product on TV. They could have blacked it all out, Gerald, in Florida.
0: They say I'm already out for the count, but unfortunately, and, and, I've got more shows I got added so I'm going to be
2: up all night. No worries. But go yeah, ahead. Yeah. So, so in that sense, sure. I mean, in the in the grand scheme of things, they they pro, like they don't care in the sense that they don't really care about the fans' um, preferences, but they do care. About eyeballs, drilled. They always have and always will. Uh, that's why there's something called the Nielsen TV ratings. Um, people still pay attention to that, so obviously they have to care a little bit about what the fans' input is about their product. I mean, if it, entertainment's a funny thing, isn't it? Drilled. It's it's a commodity. I'm and glad you I'm
0: glad you see it that way. Yes. yeah
2: yeah so what's what's good today isn't what's in fashion uh, tomorrow a la mode so right now uh, a lot of people want to point to um gerald a lot of people use this lazy conflation of jordan's last appearance in the finals compared to you know what the final ratings are today uh it's it's really it's really lazy and it's specious reasoning too, because there wasn't the population explosion that we've had in the, twenty five years since that. The people's viewing habits about what they watch, Gerald, has changed completely. As as you know more than than most people, so I I think it is evident that at at some level they they do have to care about yeah. what what people what people think about the product.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, though, one of the other things that was discussed in this press conference, uh, as we thought something I thought was legit, where Rob Palenka, again, was you know, trying to go ahead and see what the league can do, whether you like it or not, whether the league would like it or not, whether the players would like it or not to end back-to-backs or to l- reduce the schedule. That was something that was inferred as well. But I want to go ahead and ask about something that was also mentioned. And this kind of irritated me because we're going to go again, something good and something maybe not so good was mentioned in this press and conference each and every time out. So Dave McManaman also reported that Rob Polinka, in praising Austin Reeves growth in his time with the franchise says that Reeves has the Mamba gene. So Joe, when you hear this, you know there are people out there like me there because my eyes are going to roll because again we've talked about this before he needs to develop his own path stop trying to throw any laker goodness over kobe's way and say that you know kobe's mamba gene is the only reason why he has that drive that you know it's not just a mamba gene i understand what it represents and the whole nine yards of it but I wish they would just go ahead and let him be his own person and develop on his own without trying to attach him so hard to Kobe Bryant or anything relating to him.
1: So that's the catchphrase now. It's the got to
0: be Mamba. Always got to throw Mamba. The, the for the pop. Rest of, it's, the pop rest of time.
1: it's the pop word. It's the feel good word. And uh, I'm sorry to say this, but Kobe is, is guilty of this as well by saying things like Russell Westbrook had a, Little bit of that mamba thing. With all due respect to Kobe and Rapalinka, there's only two players I've ever seen that had the mamba mentality, and that's Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant in my viewing life. Um, so I think everyone needs to stop being Joe Rogan and saying that every goddamn thing is the greatest thing that ever lived in the history of civilization. Every five minutes. Austin Reeves is doing something that's very, very rare. And that is being a close to an all-star type player who wasn't drafted. That in itself is enough to praise. You don't need to continue to suck the teat on this guy's talent. Let him be. Okay? Okay saying these things is just for guys that are this intelligent like Rob Blink is not a dumb guy it's it's it you it sounds stupid and i'm not really going to say it, it it puts pressure on austin it's just a stupid thing to say no one has the mamba mentality that i've seen in basketball except for two guys yes just two guys so why why continue to just say things that are not true? They are not true. And it's not a big deal. I get the compliments, I get all that and you know we have this show for the for this purpose and we'll probably always be the rogue show. We'll never be part of Lakers Live. We'll never be, you know, part of the Lakers We'll never be
0: with the with the end. You guys, you guys
1: might be. You guys might be, and I should. I think you guys should prepare for that because you guys are nice enough and respectful enough at the same time to probably coalesce. Is that the word I'm, I'm thinking about, Sean? And it's and that's fine. I, I, I already I,
0: told. I already told Sean that you, I wish you and I were at that press. I, I
1: just want to say that there, there is, there is this. when you get, at least from my perspective, when you get older, the reason why it sounds like older people are more decrepit and mean and grouchy, it's that they have lived through a life of BS so much that they just realize everything, almost everything is, and they don't have any time for it anymore. Maybe we were more tolerable when we were children, because we had no choice, we were children around adults. Then you become a college student, and then you become an adult. Then you have a family, or you don't, or whatever, and you got all these life experiences. And then after a while, you're just like, is everything just a pile of crap? Like, am I am I hearing these things right? I listened to the entire fifty-seven minute and twenty-six second interview with Rob Palinka and Darvin Ham. And before the, the show even started, I was already getting ready for the cringe comments.
0: That one made me roll my eyes.
1: And it bit. happened. It happened pretty quick. But then you got <laughs> some information, and then you got the cliche stuff, probably 30 minutes out of that 27.6, you know I should say. And then Darvin Ham made the ultimate mistake that most people make when you hang on long enough with someone when i say hang on long enough if you ever been to a party or you ever been to a meeting or you've ever been around someone that you don't know the longer you talk to that person the more likely you're going to find out how different they are from the first 20 seconds you've met them until the last 20 seconds before you leave and believe me when i say this when he divulged the first two starting lineups when he had said at the beginning of the interview, he had not made that decision. You knew right there. You're like, Darwin, you have no damn idea what the hell you're talking about in this interview. You got played. If you were playing poker, somebody would have just clowned you in this. Right. And he also said something that I know Z is going to love to hear if she hasn't heard it already. Advocating for the, non-big situation. I don't want to spoil it for some of you who haven't listened. But I thought when he went into passion and detail on that, I was just sitting there in the car going, oh, man. We're going to see Gabe Vincent, D'Angelo, and Reeves running a lot. Be prepared for it.
0: Be prepared. I just didn't think there was not a chance for it. I just absolutely, you could see the writing on the wall from the get-go. As soon as he was brought on that that was going to be the case or something like that, it's what we'll be seeing here at at multiple times. And get ready for the Z-Rants, I'm sure, as well. Intel Wild, thank you so much again for your kind generosity. Intel Wild says, so who, Joe, is the better athlete today? And I'll bring this also to Sean as well. Of course, you guys are the encyclopedias of the show. The players from the 70s, 80s, 90s versus the 2000s. 70 players played three games in a row. Today, these babies cry about having two games back to back. Well,
1: um, tough is an interesting word. I don't think it has anything to do with probably toughness. I think it's more of a mental just entitlement it's a mental entitlement and if you want to if you want to argue the game is different because the game is faster stronger and bigger first of all it's not bigger that, that that we know for a fact there was much bigger players in the 90s from my recollection uh not just centers either i'm talking about power forwards the legitimate guys that were 6'9, 250 yeah bounces. you know
2: you and you know bulk was big in the
1: 90s too joe i absolutely it was big and you know like let le- excluding the the bigs like Patrick Ewing, Alonzo Mourning, and Kemi Walker. Like Anthony Mason, did you if you ever saw that guy in real life. Let me right? throw a
0: name out of chat. You, you. Steven Scheffler.
1: That guy Joe. was a brick house at
0: yeah. 6'10" yeah. and you know, he actually had a decent mid-range game, but my god, that guy, if you tested him, he probably just put you over his knee and just like snap you in half.
1: Antonio Davis, Dale Davis, if you don't stand next to Shaq, those guys could engulf anyone on the planet right it's only Shaq it's only Shaq that can stand next to those guys and make them look human right so you can't tell me the size is, is 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 different it's actually different the other way and then I I continue to use the 1992 Knicks uh box scores for that entire season where almost every single player in the seven player lineup played all 82 games, except for one player, Mark Jackson, who played 81. And that team almost took out the Bulls in seven. And they were known at that time as the new Pistons. So you know how they played. So it's a mental problem because you can't sit there and tell me 30 years later what the advancements in, in, in the recovery, in medical, in medicine, the facilities are beyond top notch.
2: Come on, let's be honest too. Charter flights—they don't have to wait. They don't have to wait in the airports like the dudes in the '60s and the '70s did. Uh, they get massages on the plane. Um, best nutritionist. Uh, best maids. Best everything. It's not like it used to be when the Laker Gerald, when the Lakers started their 33 game win streak, they started it off of four games of five nights. I'll, I'll repeat. I'll repeat that again. The 1971 72 Lakers who had the 33 game winning streak, which is the longest in NBA history started it out with four games and five nights. So, so, uh, You know, Intel. Intel has has a good point. I will say I'd like to backtrack something Joe was saying because as he was talking about that that Darvin Ham narrative, uh, a scene from a movie just just uh, uh, veered right into my brain and basically jackknifed the whole conversation. um, It's a favorite one, Gerald. You, uh, I'm sure you remember the movie Rush Hour.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Did you enjoy Rush Hour?
0: 1 was the best one. 2 it it it's got of course with all those 90 sequels they got decreasingly worse by the by you know every single one. Uh 2 actually was okay at best and then yeah it got procedure worse, but 1 is the best one. Anybody yes. out
2: there will tell you that. Yes. So ja- uh Jackie Chan probably has the best quote in the whole movie. I let people talk who like to talk. It lets me know how full of f- they really are
0: Thirty-seven, nineteen.
2: got it okay what so joe was talking about darvin Hamm. that's that's
1: what popped into my head i, I was really contemplating coming because i listened to the entire 57 plus minutes on my way back to the studio here uh i had i had a lot of driving going on today today was the driving day so i had some time to listen on some things and i'm sitting there listening to the interview going, God, do I, you know, everyone is so positive. You're reading the the responses on, on that video on YouTube, and everyone's like, I can't wait for the season. Oh, Darvin Ham and this and Rob Polinka and that, and I'm sitting there going, oh, I just wish sometimes I didn't have that BS meter constantly going day in and day out. <laughs> i wish i was a positive guy and i'm like yeah they're happy and they're excited and they're complimenting everyone i really do sometimes wish i could live that life because i think maybe you live happier that way you'd be happier joe but i'm you'd pretty be happy, happy though i'm a- I'm not, I, I live a great life. I don't. I, I know you tell us that. Either.
0: Like okay, there's like okay, death taxes. His last name
2: His last name is Sorrow. There's whole, not a whole lot of sorrow in his life.
1: But
0: Magic Man, there's death taxes and Joe Soro telling I, I us mean, how wonderful his life is every two weeks.
1: You can you can come. Well, I have to. I want to let you know that because I I don't want you guys to think that I'm. Well, they were miserable. worried about you
0: earlier today. Where's Joe? Where's Joe? Well,
1: well I, I wasn't. I wasn't available anywhere until about 40 minutes ago
0: until wild even you ch- put in a super chat because he was worried about you
1: no no i'm i'm around it's just i got i got things i gotta take care of it's it's what it is but at the easiest thing to do and i've said this to several friends that have wanted to you know see what's going on i said look just shadow me for a week or two and you'll see what i do do i have to Oh, I'm. I, you don't. I you do not i do not want you with me. Are you
0: crazy? Until <laughs> uh, a while, since I know this is the Lakers Fast Break channel, but maybe the GJS show. There
1: you go. <laughs> What's the GJS show? Our three initials. Girl,
0: Joe. Our three initials. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. I like the fact that Darren's comment is. Er- any- anyone out there isn't drinking? Please raise your hand. <laughs>
1: See the key Dante is authentic. being authentic is a very interesting word because
0: that's one way to say it.
1: You've heard you've heard people say well this guy had you know he tells you what's on his mind. But you got to be careful of those guys too sometimes. You know at the end of the day I can prove what you see is what you get even in real life, right? Like everyday life. So be careful of those people. It's like those people that always tell you they're always busy. You know, they're busy and they're busy and they're busy. What that really means is that they don't really value you You. at all, right? And most of those people who say they're busy are slapping their hands busy. They're not really busy. What's busy mean? I'm busy. And I'll tell you right now, six hours out of that busy I cannot be busy if I don't want to. People just manifest that busyness. Doing what? Looking at your phone? Like, what do you do for six hours while you're busy? Are you actually working? Like, are you actually working? Are you in the house working on something in the garage, you know? It doesn't necessarily have to be your work. Are you productive? Like, sometimes I power wash my trash cans because i don't want them to be dirty right that's busy doing something productive but are you busy at work are you really working or are you scrolling and looking at stuff so those
2: you 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 power them, but you don't
1: label them right no no they're not not i just don't want one of those guys are you I don't want well, them to they, smell. I don't want them to smell. That's the I main agree. thing. I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah, Because it, it, right now it's getting colder, so it'll be fine. Like I don't usually power wash them in the in the when the when it's cold. It's when it's hot where certain things might drop off and it might get you know kind of whatever. But anyways, Joe. is, Joe, yeah. Joe. Yeah.
2: You live in Temecula, California. I live in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And you just had the nerve to tell me that
1: it's getting cold? I meant getting cold so that I don't have to wash the cans. Oh. That's it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well,
0: and Dante's out saying, if Joe wasn't happy, he would not be on this. Dante, please go back in time to Sunday's episode, because Joe, the first- that had nothing to
1: not do with the him. show. That was a, a reaction- <laughs> To that an was Roger Goodell. That wasn't. That wasn't. That was a, that was a, that was was a reaction way. to an ongoing. Because we're was... happy. That's for sure. <laughs> no, no. I, I was. I was seriously. I thought it was going to blow its tough That was one of the one. That was one of the most aggravating evenings I've had in a very long time. Joe, the vein in the side of your head. And the
0: Steelers won. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best part about all of it but the intel wild says the Gerald vein Jones in the side of your head life. looked like an earthworm <laughs> intel very kind to you a fa- it's a
1: family uh it's a family thing i might, might i'm just, just i'm
2: just i'm just kidding my sister has my sister really has, see it. my sister
1: has that vein that comes out here so i i <laughs> it, it, it was it, principles we've talked about principles principles matter and we all can't be perfect we all might be indirectly hypocritical i.e i don't like china products but i have a damn iphone because what the hell am i gonna do is, is they're not making a goddamn phone that's not made in china or soon to be it might be you know veering off but the point is the principles is why what what mattered to me and everybody has that's a subjective thing for most people. I'm not expecting people to think the way I do, but the only thing I can do is tell you how I feel. And then, you know, at at this point we, we watched this interview is the, what I felt like the beginning of the season starting was today, listening to Rob and Darwin, which was, that was a good part. The problem is I'm not very good at, at this, the, the the rhetoric of these things. I can't listen to pregame, uh, I popped in the prime uh, thing with the game today with the Lions and Packers. In the first, like, 10 seconds of the pregame talk, I started listening to that crew talk, and I'm like, God, what the hell is this trash? Just utter trash. These pregame shows have just become garbage. And I said, nah. And I ended up not even watching the game. I just, I got so turned off by it. I'm, I'm over listening to people who really have just, just a generic basic tone and delivery to everything. I don't want to it does no benefit. It does zero benefit and I'm I don't want to be that guy that's complaining about it on every show either. I'm not complaining by the way about the thing. I'm just we're just deciphering what they said. This isn't a complaint.
2: It's bland, Joe.
1: It's, it's bland. so bland. I'm done with bland, guys. I want relevant information, okay? Darvin Ham, when asked about the starting lineup, what I will give credit to is there was some great questions from the media today. Great. There was this one lady. Um, they didn't say the name, uh, but it was like halfway through the interview, and she was, she asked, she's the one that kind of propelled the, the starting lineup divulge, divulging of the starting lineup. And I wanted to find out just you already kind of pussyfooted around it. Just say it. What's your starting lineup in your head? You know what, guys? I'm thinking we're gonna run with D'Lo, Austin Reeves, which we know already that's gonna be them two. Obviously, Anthony Davis and LeBron. Who's the fifth Beatle? My my if you're gonna run with Austin and 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 and, and D'Angelo, it's very likely you're gonna run with Vando at the at the three, right? Because you're gonna put LeBron at the four, right? Just say it. That's what I'm thinking of doing. And if things change, but they don't do that. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, does it matter? Is your enemies going to find you out now telling us what's going on three weeks before training camp starts? I don't know. I don't really don't get before,
0: it before I touch on. And once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro along with magic man, Sean Grice. It is me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this Truly appreciate it. We're talking about the press conference earlier today with general manager rob palenka i guess according to our audience in some really tight pants i didn't check so close so i don't know i had to, could can't verify i guess i can you can all look at pictures
2: yeah, and, no. yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, no, yeah. no no
0: no yeah. not really really enthused yep. to do that
2: yep we took a yeah. quick left on that one <laughs> yeah Good exactly
0: job. well that was not my comment that was the comment in our audience earlier today but also as well coach darvin ham uh you know be that as it may uh, Darren in the super chat said joe could any football team today have a chance against the steel curtain of the late 70s excellent question would have been great on sunday i think that would have cheered joe
1: up it it it's it's difficult to do that because this, the the you'd have to you'd have to tell me this is the lebron jordan comparison thing right so when you when you try to compare different Timelines, ages and eras. Okay, so LeBron, if LeBron was raised in in the 70s, he would not be who he is right now. If Michael Jordan was raised in the 90s, he would not be what he was. So if you're talking about, let's say you teleport the... 70s Steelers, which by the way, I want you guys really to understand how talently riddled that team was. I mean, it, it was so talented, it, it boggles the mind. The 1974 draft produced four Hall of Famers for the Steelers. Four. And their free agent that year Same offseason, Donnie Schell made the Hall of Fame. Five Hall of Famers in one offseason. You will never see that in any sport for the rest of your life. And then on top of that, let's talk about the defense. You had Elsie Greenwood, Dwight White, Mean Joe Green, Ernie Holmes. Then you had Andy Russell. Then you had Jack Hamm and Jack Lambert. And then you had Mel Blunt back there with Donnie Schell. Jesus Christ. If you put those guys today with that mentality and the medicine now and the recovery, those guys would make the Chicago Bears 85 and the Ravens 2000 teams look like children. You just wouldn't have any chance. But the reality is those guys would have never been assembled like that. The salary cap doesn't allow it nowadays. But if you, let's say, had that time machine where you could put it together, I don't think anybody would have – I don't think there was ever a, a team assembled the way the Steelers' 70s team was because as soon as the Mel Blunt rule came in in the offseason of 1978, what it did was it made Lynn Swan and John Starworth and, of course, Terry Bradshaw now the focal points of winning those next two Super Bowls. So you had, you basically solved one problem and then created another. The first two Super Bowls that the Steelers won in 74 and 75 was defense heavy. And then when you changed the rules, you ended up basically creating two Hall of Fame receivers and an MVP at quarterback. And of course, you had Franco Harris on that team as well. I mean, you pretty much said, look, we can't we can't beat these guys. They won four Super Bowls in six years at a time where teams weren't doing that at that time. You know, just they just weren't. So yeah, I'd say in my, my opinion, as far as a dynasty, I don't think there's ever really been a, a better dynasty in terms of pure talent and accomplishment than the 70 uh, Steelers. Now you can, you can, my dad, you know, when we grew up around the Central Valley. We were around a lot of Niners uh, people. Uh, I'd say the only argument I have is probably uh, that the Niners in the 80s, I thought they were absolutely amazing.
0: Sean, want to add any two cents because I've got a question, a basketball Lakers-related question, on the conference earlier today to ask you next. But did you want to weigh in on that for, with Joe, or just wanted to make sure? You were uh, very insightful on our recent Inside Sports Fantasy football.
2: Sure, well, um, that was a question <laughs> from Darren, right? So he I was guess, talking about the Steelers from the I'm steel guessing, curtain. And I'm, all guessing, that. Yeah, I'm guessing. I'm we guessing we're playing the rules from the '70s then.
1: That's
0: that's if, another thing. Yeah, are we playing the rules from the seventies, Joe? That's that's the thing. Because if that is,
1: then they, there's no shot. Yeah, there's, there's no shot. There's yeah. Tom Brady. Tom, shot. There's Tom no Brady. No shot. There's no yeah, shot. Tom Brady plays maybe maybe fifteen seasons. If that's the case.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a different story altogether because of yeah. exactly what they could do back then and what they can't do right now.
2: But yeah, Joe. Joe. Joe was, Joe hit the nail on the head. Like Joe's. Joe knows his stuff when it comes to the NFL.
0: This is true indeed. But before we head on out, we still got a little bit of time left. We want to go ahead and devote to that conference. And one of the other notes of contention that I have, guys, is something that that was said in regards to the starting lineup, which everybody seems to be thinking about as the $64,000 question. So Magic Man, he said, definitively, like we all shouldn't have already known this, D'Angelo Russell... Austin Reeves are the starting guards. D'Angelo Russell is the starting point guard. LeBron James and AD are part of the starting lineup. And yet, he also said that there were three, possibly even four, individuals that could vie for that final starting piece, including of course, Rui Hashimura, Jared Vanderbilt, Torian Prince, he mentioned also as well, and the X-Factor who I will get to a little bit later on in a little bit more detail because he was also brought up for discussion. Christian Woods, so your thoughts on the comments by Darvin Ham on the starting lineup as he sees it right now?
2: Yeah, Joe. I guess that's kind of covering. That's Ham hey, kind of covering all bases.
0: Now, Keith, they for, don't have a clue.
2: Yeah, yeah. For speculation, because like you said and Joe said, and I it sounds like they they, they it don't have. Like, a,
0: well, it sounds like Go Rob got together with with Darvin Ham and the coaches and they all ask, OK, who do you think should be the fifth starter? And each one gave a different answer. It sounds like so. It's going to have to be proven out in training camp, my friend.
2: Yeah, exactly, Gerald. And um, to be fair, when I was interviewing Chris Hine, Chris basically said that at this point, Torian Prince is a three. He He's pretty much there to guard threes. He can't really guard fours. He's not really going to be asked to play the four. Or he shouldn't. He played a
0: lot of four though over. He played of a lot two, of he years.
2: played a lot of four for Minnesota, but again, he, as Chris said, that was out of necessity, Gerald. It okay. wasn't because they wanted him to play the four. Okay. Um. It sounds like you know. Well, Gerald, if Prince is your three. Then LeBron is your four. You can't have LeBron as your three and Prince you, as your You
0: and I discussed this at Naismith.
2: Yeah, we yeah, do not yeah. want a thirty-eight-year-old man. No matter, F- I, yeah, because uh-uh.
0: uh-uh. he he only does that when he feels like that energy or somebody talks smack to him that he feels frisky and, I and does that. Right. But he only right. does that for like ten minutes. You know, every right. other game or every three games or whatnot, when right. he tries to turn back the clock on the defensive end he doesn't really want to chase around screens, So like you said, we got to have a Prince or Vando or a Rui to do that for him as, as far as at the three slot. So I get, yeah. That.
2: And look, let, let's, let's be honest here that the Lakers had really good defensive numbers with, uh, with Vando at the, at the four. Um, but the fact is Gerald, is that Rui and, and Vando pretty much have. Uh, I think Van. I think Rui has a slightly larger wingspan. Maybe a half an inch, an inch or so. Uh but Rui's the better athlete, Gerald. Rui's the better athlete. He's better leaper. Uh a little Lost stronger. Lost weight. Lost weight. He's a little stronger. Uh Vando's quicker, more agile, uh, twitchy. Uh so I I mean, but Gerald, we talked about this almost ad nauseum too. And um if Vando isn't your four and he isn't in the starting lineup really hard to justify putting him in the lineup for a game then because what he what's he offering for you off the bench no three and d player uh (laughs) well the thing was that that
0: was noted was the x factor and this will lead me into my next question or next item of contention in regards to christian wood joe being the x factor on this equation as far as the starting lineup is concerned is that a possibility a reality or is this the verbiage you're going to be hearing because they want to go ahead and placate him as much as possible because a lot of placating need to be done in the next statement by rob palenka which i will state next you know that has to be in order for to soothe the i guess i guess i don't know what to talk as far as the ego per se of Christian Wood or whatnot, but it just seems like already the conversations in this press conference sound like there's a lot of soothing, that a lot of confidence building that needs to be done for Christian Wood and throwing him in there as an X factor seems to be part of that mix.
1: Well, You know, it's interesting uh, that someone in our panel had mentioned that there's a beat writer for the Lakers who, who said that Torian Prince might play the three. Uh, from my recollection, Torian Prince struggled greatly on defense. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the starting lineup because that would fit Darvin Ham's infatuation with the three guard lineup. But how do you how do you run a defense and keep AD from getting abused for an eighty two game season if you have a perimeter lineup of three guys who don't Play defense well. Are they going to magically play well as a as a unit? I'd have to see it. But if that's what you are trying to get at, okay. And then on top of that, you have LeBron who cannot play defense for thirty to forty minutes of of the game that he's playing. He can't play thirty to forty minutes. Got to be in spurts. Otherwise, you're going to run the wheels off him, and he's going to be worse than he was last year. So I don't really have an answer yet on where this goes. But we're going to know once we know if it's going to be the right move. And then we're going to have to see the execution. Too much, and I expected this, guys. This was not a surprise interview. But I expected the cliche BS. I I really did. And maybe that's just what these guys do to just kind of keep things at bay you know i watched uh bull durham i get it you know know your cliches and all that stuff but uh, at the end of the day guys the execution of Ham's rotation is is going to play a major part in the success of the lakers in 2024 if he screws this up it will not be good because when he if he screws it up it likely means he uses lebron and ad to the point where they're not going to be fresh when it matters. And a little bit of concern for me is when I heard LeBron is taking this year like he's a rookie. He's training like he's a rookie.
0: Best shape of his life.
1: Okay, guys. I get, I get it. I get it. But that's a stupid comment. It's a stupid comment. He's going into his 21st season and you already saw him die out in that Denver series. Stop insulting everyone's intelligence. Stop massaging everyone's bum so that they get excited. Just stop talking like idiots, like we're stupid. I know a lot of people out there are stupid and they want to hear that stuff. But there's some people out here that are not stupid and have a brain and have common sense. Can you just – can sometimes can you cater to us? Can you cater to us? Listen, guys, LeBron is going into his 21st season. Part of our program this year is to make sure he is fresh. He is training like it's his rookie year, but you all know it's his 21st season. It's going to be very important to preserve LeBron, and we're going to do everything we can to do that. That would be a little bit more respectful to me instead of, well, he's doing everything he's doing, and, man, he's like a rookie. Okay, dude, come on. Enough of the car salesman stuff. I thought we got finished with this, Rob. I thought this car salesman bit was done. You know, you showed a lot with, at the trade deadline. You showed a lot this summer. I just feel like every time we go forward, somebody – says something that just kind of makes us cycle back. And I want to like Joe, you know,
2: you know, it's that authentic frontier NBA agent gibberish in the NBA GM seat now. It's gibberish. Authentic frontier straight from the TMZ gibberish it's not going to change i agree well, with you overall i mean you know the the, the problem is it's it's that uh, most of these business people today have the narrative that it's ignorance is bliss it's better to keep people in the dark than to show what's going on in the light so I, that that's ne- and that's never going to change, Joe. They're like they they're always going to think we're stupid.
0: One of the things I do want to touch on when it comes to Christian Wood is some of that agent speak. It is, of course, the Lakers fast break. I truly appreciate you joining us once again. It's Joe Soro, aka Austin Forty Seven, the Magic Man. Chongreis, I'm Joe Glassford. Thanks so much for watching, listening. Rob Palenka says that he spoke to Christian Wood's agent on a nearly daily basis for several months while pursuing Wood as a free agent this summer. Palinka said that Wood chose the Lakers over offers from other contenders and cited the way that Malik Monk and Dennis Schroeder came to Lakers on bargain contracts in recent seasons and used their time with the franchise to drive up their value and reestablish their footing in the NBA. So your thoughts on that, my friends? Because again, Christian Wood was a major source of of quotes as far as what he was interacting with, with with both Darvin Ham and also as well Rob Polenka and both back and forth on that. He seems to be someone that's a little bit more important to the equation on for a guy that just accepted a minimum contract. We all know this, by the way, but it just seems like the Lakers have either promised or are thinking about some big plans in the future for Christian Wood, Joe.
1: We discussed this guys. We told you that Christian (laughs) Wood is likely to go to LA. Should he not get the contract he wants because he can showcase his talent in LA and there's no bigger arena to do that. And on top of that, there was an open position that he plays that was available. I mean, we should have probably guaranteed he would have been a Lakers should someone have not given him a multi-year deal, which we were pretty clear here after a month that he was not going to get that contract. So he went to the right place to show he went to the right place to showcase his talent to get whatever contract he wants to get after the season's over. And he's got to play nice. Can't be whatever he's been in seven teams so uh I expect I expect him to to kind of follow suit so just so you guys know we're not all negative here I did like this particular subject in terms of Darvin Ham and Rob Palenka. they were discussing the kind of like the the culture of what was kind of coming together on on on, on Guys that are, so Rui's been hanging out with LeBron all offseason. Uh, Christian Wood apparently, the dialogue there has been clean. Go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say and interject, You, I told you back on Friday that they were doing the LeBron mini camp in San Diego and were based out of the Hard Rock in San Diego this past weekend. So obviously they came and already started playing to build that camaraderie, which you're talking about. Plus, like you said, on top of that, what they've done this summer.
1: Right. Now, the other part that was important, and and, in watching Winning Time, there was some segments in the show that pointed to Jerry Buss uh, paying the players at that time an absorbent amount of money to buy their loyalty, which at the time, the NBA owners, just like any owners in a league, anytime you start over overpaying players, everyone starts to get, you know, upset because now they got to pay their players the same amount of money, right? It's simple, you know, supply and demand type situation. So the explanation on the AD situation. So there was discussions apparently with AD before he got the extension that, hey, AD, if you want this extension, we're going to need you to be, you know, so what did we see this summer? We saw AD in the gym, boxing, looking really, really lean, looking almost much, much bigger in terms of muscle development. Why? Because in that three months before he got the official extension, Rob said to AD and his agent, AD, we're going to need you to really kind of take it up to the next level. We need you to fulfill, and I'm paraphrasing here. I'm guessing what this is what he said. We're going to need you to be a D that wins an MVP or at least a defensive player of the year. And then we'll give you an extension, which is a risky proposition to a degree. You're talking about a guy who has had health issues that you're going to be giving him a lot of money when it's late into that contract. So those things I got out of that interview that were really good And we're going to be able to say, you know, in terms of Rob Palinka's and and the Laker organization mentality that that hasn't changed since Dr. Buss has taken over the the team, that this team will invest in you and reward you for what you've brought the team. Because AD has brought a banner up to the Raptors. LeBron has brought up a banner to the Raptors. So that has to mean something for now and for future activities. And if you're ever wondering why we keep getting these all-world players that decide to come to L.A. or demand to come to L.A., now you guys got a little bit more evidence here this summer on why. If you're a teetering player, you come to L.A., you'll get the next big contract. It's like playing shortstop for the Dodgers the last five years. Anytime anybody played shortstop – for the Dodgers, whether it was Seeger, whether it was Trey Turner, all of a sudden they get $300 million contracts. Well, when you come to L.A. and you got something to prove, Malik Muck becomes a fan favorite in Sacramento and gets a nice contract. You have Dennis Schroeder, who made a ma- massive mistake turning down $84 million, but was able to uh, capitalize a little bit on that this last summer by playing well last year and getting the contract he needed in, in, in Toronto. So now Christian Wood, 27 years old. That's the other thing I was gonna, that was the last thing I was gonna say. They reiterated that, that the youth of this team. We're talking about a lot of 27-year-olds. Did D'Angelo he just Russell. turn 28? I think he just yes, turned 28. He just turned 28. Okay, so guy just turned 28. You have 27-year-old D'Angelo Russell, you have 24-year-old uh Vanderbilt, you have you have uh Austin Reeves, who's 25. We talked about this, guys. The reason why there's a lot of excitement about this particular team is that we have a lot of room for error if certain guys don't come through. You have another guy that that could come through if this guy doesn't come through, and they're young. The only worry I have is if Darvin Ham doesn't put the right combination of players in when it matters. He did it well in the playoffs. He didn't do it well in the regular season last year. So that's what we're going to be waiting on.
0: We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers' Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football... Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Sorrow, Magic Man Sean Grice, and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching. This thing is truly appreciated. We're talking about the press conference that was earlier today. As we're recording this with Rob Palenka and Darvin Ham. One of the things I want to note to you, Magic Man, is uh, what Dave McMenamin reported, uh, Dave McMenamin from ESPN. He said, Darvin Ham says that the team's top to bottom depth, which we talked a little about earlier, will allow the Lakers coaching staff to manage LeBron James' minutes, not only game to game, but month to month, looking for spots in the schedule to grant James a reprieve in year 21. Ham joked that LeBron should be grandfathered in to make him immune to the league's new rest guidelines and penalties. Your thoughts, we've always talked about, of course, how deep this team is once they got all the acquisitions in place. That's notwithstanding, they have a bunch of quality players who can give you quality minutes on this team. The thing is, though, if LeBron is suiting up and Joe and I are already probably shaking your heads, we're both both probably already going to be I already know what he's going to say. Is that we are not confident that Darvin Ham will get the message and follow those guidelines and play, be smart. And you know, even if it costs us a win or two, be able to limit LeBron's minutes and not force him into a situation where it gets too much too soon, and you see what happens. What happened last time when he ran out of gas in the Western Conference Finals?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's it's fair to say. That uh, one of the criticisms, and I believe it's a fair one, Gerald, We could justify it with evidence is that at times Darvin Ham gets tunnel vision. He gets tunnel vision about lineups, he gets tunnel vision about rotations, he gets tunnel vision about minute staggering or not doing that, or like you said, Gerald, just being very stubborn about certain uh, vicissitudes or circumstances that are beyond his control. And he, it seems like uh, what you want to see makes you blind sometimes. Um, he needs to get LeBron as much rest as possible. Now, he's saying all the right things, but it's one thing to say it. But what does Joe always say? Don't tell me what you're going to do. Show me what you're going to do.
0: I thought he always says, let me see a photograph of your wife.
2: Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't there for that, so I can't speak to that quote. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, if he did say that, um, no comment right now. I have to. Okay, I, just, I have to really think about that. that one. The reason why <laughs> I said that is because. There Joe, been, you don't need to explain yourself to me. But bro. no, he You're will like anyway. No, no,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm explaining to the crowd. I'm explaining to the crowd. When someone tells me to announce their divorce, I need to see what your wife looks like. There you go.
0: <laughs> I'm still waiting for the guys. On guys, up. at the end of the day, at the end of the day,
1: I say this to everyone, whether it's women, strangers, family. I am a guy.
2: Yes. I am a yes. man. Yes, you're a bad. Yes, and
1: I am a visual man. You know right. what that means.
2: Okay, all right. Looks
1: yeah. matter.
2: You're right.
1: Okay, I like look. looks.
2: Well, let's take that quick left now because uh, I'm glad the second cleared. second
0: <laughs> quick left of the day for on um, this conversation yeah, here. But I'm
2: glad you clarified that, Joseph. Thank you very much. Thank well, clar- you know, the, the,
1: there's this. Uh, I don't know. There's this confusion I think in. In life, some people believe certain things, and they want to believe. At the end of the day, real men look at things and say, "Does that look good?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's a has a particular like. My fa- My favorite is this. What does this look? Yeah.
2: Like? No. Nobody ever had. Nobody ever woke up and said, "Yeah, hey, you know, what my preference is like wear this paper bag." Nobody ever says that.
0: All right, guys. Now, now get yeah, this one. left, I've...
2: going left. So back to back to uh, Christian Wood, Gerald. Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, I, I I would expect I would expect every everybody uh, involved in that to say that as well. But I mean, Gerald, if I went back and I looked at all the quotes that different GMs who signed Christian Wood. Probably said along the similar lines but nobody nobody brought him back so it's up to Christian at this point Gerald it's up to Christian whether he wants to want like the. and Gerald this is this is when LeBron needs to put his foot down like if he sees that because Gerald we know to we know two things can be true at the same time right We've seen what happens when LeBron puts his foot down and then decides he needs to put it up your behind. You can either become somebody like Kevin Love, who at first is disgruntled and obviously hurt at something LeBron says, but he gets it in the end that LeBron is just trying to make him a better teammate and get through to him. It worked. They won a a championship together. Or Gerald, it can go the way of Mario Chalmers, where if Mario LeBron, if Chalmers! Rio, Rio, <laughs> the oh, like I mean, if Joe Joe talks about D'Angelo being the uh, being the um, target, so to speak, for for fans when things go awry. Oh boy. Um, that wasn't pretty. So, with Mario Chalmers, and it didn't end well. Now, it didn't affect uh, the Heat, but eventually Mario found his way out of the NBA drilled and eventually lost a pickup game to a fat schlub of a regular Joe. That really uh, kind of embarrassed, embarrassed. I didn't mean our Joe, it was another Joe. But, yeah. um, I've been called
1: worse, believe me.
2: Oh, I wasn't referring to you, sir. I know, but uh, – He's he's been been, called worse today. I've been called
1: worse many
2: times. (laughs) But regardless, it could go one or two ways, Gerald, and it needs to happen quick. If LeBron sees that he's not buying in, he's got to put his foot down and say, you know what? There's the door, dude. There's the door because we're trying to win a championship. And you're not trying to do your best to be a good teammate and follow along. Because up until now, Gerald, Christian Wood has followed his own path on the court and off the court. On the court and off the court. You can't follow your path on this team. You follow the path that's asked of you. And if you don't do that, there's the door.
0: Absolutely. And of course, you know, some will say, okay, why are we making such a big deal about, you know, a minimum player? Why are they making such a big deal at the press conference about a minimum player? Well, it's obvious that the Lakers have big, big, plans big plans for this guy that, yes, he is on a minimum contract, but obviously they do have plans for him to utilize him in many different ways. So we'll see what happens there. But last big thing I want to cover on today's show in regards to the press conference uh, again. Something that kind of made me roll my eyes a little bit uh, is that Rob Palinka on Anthony Davis. We believe in the character of Anthony Davis, just the person he is. Nobody in life can prevent hell stuff happening unexpectedly. We think at 30 years old, he's heading into the peak of his career. So I ask you, Joe, is Anthony Davis heading into the peak of his
1: career? He Be better. On that if contract a, if, you a, if you want to win you want to win a championship yeah you better start running boom boom i love the laker girls darren but i don't really get a i don't get a chance to see them on tv you have to go to the games to really see them yeah
0: because you only see them like coming out of the commercial for like 10 yeah, i, I like
1: whatever. honestly i like lawrence tanter's introduction it's just the laker girls after they've finished dancing anthony davis is the apex of this whole thing in a lot of ways. LeBron is still part of that too, but if if you have AD finally having that year where he plays 72, 75 games and is just the two-way player that he is, this changes everything for the Lakers this year. You, you, You would be able to hide so much of the little deficiencies in certain players with him playing the way he's playing. You cannot stop a guy with that kind of talent, Uh, a defensive juggernaut and a player who can hit free throws as a big and drop 25 points a game is this is not Kirk cousins guys. This is when Anthony Davis is 25 and 12 and he's engaged, he wins games. He's a winner. He's won at every level because of that talent. And the only reason why we haven't gotten more is because he hasn't really been healthy enough to take it to that level. He's either ran out of gas in 2023, 2022 couldn't stand up, 2021 blew out a tire. 2020 was the anomaly to some degree, but there was a huge gap between Season 1 and Season 1A, so we don't really know how to gauge that. And I got the I
2: got the guys from the Suns podcast to admit that if AD hadn't gotten hurt in 2021, that they, they both thought the Lakers would have won that series. Well, it, was, it,
1: it was obvious because we were down 1-0. AD went AD in game two and game three, and it was dominant. And Phoenix is not the kind of team that would not lose that series. They've lost two series the last two years, in disastrous form. I mean, you can say the last three years, too, if you count the, the finals. I mean, 64-win team getting bounced the way they did last year. Maybe, you know, they lost to the better team, so you can maybe give them a little bit of, of leeway there. But 2021, they were one or two plays away from winning that, probably sweeping Milwaukee. They should have won that series. And then 2022, winning 64 games, come on you got to you got to win that you got to definitely win that year for sure because i don't think boston would have been much of a problem for them so but uh, uh there's a lot of ifs guys we're in the if section right now of this uh pre pre-season we're in the ifs and uh, as much as we want to stay positive on all that uh, unfortunately rob and darvin are not good interviews i have never really enjoyed their interviews they're too bland they're too happy. I don't like happy, and I don't yeah, like
2: yeah. It's the it's always the good ship lollipop with those two guys. Yeah,
0: yeah. Good one, Sovereign. Did you see that Magic Suns podcast? If they at least clean their seats and freshen up their nachos? Hey, uh, those guys were on last week with us here. They were really, really good. Uh, Magic Man was on one of their shows. Uh, you know, they were they were actually pretty good. Uh, so I'm going to give them a lot of credit for hosting a good showing. You know what? Their audience uh, is really not very happy with this this trade, and, and not in the slightest. I think they see a lot of things that I see. I don't know, Magic Man. Uh, you know, has a little bit more, I guess. Uh, and, and Gerald, affinity. just
2: I, I just like to, I just like to point this out just for the record because okay. I, I, I think actually it was the Nuggets. The Nuggets, nuggets bench, you think yeah. of
0: more, yeah. The Nuggets bench, you think of much more highly than I do. Uh,
2: I'm gonna yeah. Put that yeah.
0: Not not to say you're wrong. I'm just saying that what I see is is different than what you yeah. see in it.
2: So, but I mean, yeah, I, I understand I, your lo- your logic. It's it's and, it's and hopefully dicey. for
0: both of us that I am right in this situation. Yes, yes, yes. yes.
2: we'll just say that. But so uh, I I mean uh, yeah, Gerald, I I understand like the whole the idea behind what happened. And uh, but look look, yes, it's true what Jamie was saying yesterday that. That the the Suns fans would trade DeAndre Ayton for a bag for a box of honey buns, um, but we couldn't even get a, a box of honey buns for Julius Randle, Gerald.
0: I mean, they're just relative value. I mean, you got they obviously they were in a it, hurry to get rid it, of him. It, it is, it is.
2: But a number one pick versus a number seven overall pick, it, uh, it, I mean, it, perceptually, it's dip, It's completely different. Like even even if Portland. Doesn't do a damn thing with eight, and they can at least say, "Well, we we traded for a, a first number one overall pick back in 2018, and uh, I, he may be a bit a bust with that team, but he's going to turn it around with us."
0: Well, it just seems to me like like the old days back when I was you know working in consumer electronic stores. You'd have this somebody buy the big boombox. But, you know, when they took it out to back to their house, started playing it, would shut off. So it's this big, loud boombox. So it's playing and they don't figure out, they don't know how to turn it off. So they come back to the store and they get a smaller, cheaper, less powerful version because they think that's going to ease their mind instead of just get staying and figuring out what with this thing went wrong. What could we fix in order to make that the best thing going that really would make our house really much that much better as far as the sound quality is concerned instead we got a lower quality uh, it just in this case use your nurkic who just i don't know often injured you know not as good on the offensive end not as you know maybe he can't move his feet anymore like he used to so yeah know, but he's not a snatch end.
1: he's not a snatch like aiden
0: but it's just value. It's just value. Yeah, Joe. I, was, I just, don't, they got pennies on the dollar. I don't think
1: estimation. they, I, I, at this point, DeAndre Aiden was a, a I, I don't midget. care if he's a
0: malcontent or not. They do have pennies, literal pennies on the dollar, Joe.
1: It doesn't matter. They, they have enough talent now. They have, they have enough talent on that, on that okay. team right now. I that, know
0: where I'm attacking them. If I'm the Lakers in the playoffs, that's all I say. <laughs> on the glass, down low. AD is going to have a field day if they don't do anything else. Well, as long sure, as you have,
1: uh, I'm sorry, as long as you have Booker and, and Durant, there's a mental issue with both those players that, that you can tap into pretty quickly. I mean, I can only imagine what would happen if, if a Dennis Rodman-type player was all up in their their ear. They would shrivel like balls in a ice pond. It, they're, they're so mentally weak that it's not that difficult, and, and, and it's shown in these games, in these important series. Yes, I'm sorry that when you're that close to winning and you can't close it, it, it it's even worse sometimes. I mean, if you were constantly losing in the first and second round, it's a little bit easier to say, look, you, just, you don't have any longevity in this thing, but if you're that close and you can't close it, you have the number one seed and you can't get out of the second round, that means there's something mentally wrong with you from a basketball standpoint, of course. You know, you're not strong enough mentally to to, to get past the when, when it matters.
0: A search and Destroy, I mean, who is the great Lakers shooter on the bubble championship team? Maybe you could say KCP, maybe? I don't know if he was, you could say great. Because he AD. said...
1: Uh, AD. AD was. AD... Didn't miss a free throw until what the, the last game. Yeah, he
0: meant from, from outside. I think he's talking about I mean, just like
1: perimeter three pointers. I'd say KCP. Yeah. yeah. KCP. Probably
0: probably the closest thing to it. But even he in the playoffs didn't shoot. See that
1: team busted but the... he
0: did step up on well, his drive. The, 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 that the that big, was really, the, really good. The
2: big the big problem that Frank Vogel has is that in his last year coaching the Lakers, the Lakers were a bottom three defensive team. And that's yeah. where Vogel makes his bones. Nurkic is Nurkic is not a better defender than DeAndre Ayton, and that's saying a lot, Gerald. He that's might have been at
0: one time, but not he's anymore. He's not in
2: twenty twenty three, Gerald. No. no, he's not in twenty twenty three. I think we'd agree, yeah. So, yeah. and Gerald, let let's be frank here. The there's the roles have been reversed here. If you look at the roster, Gerald. The Suns have the exact same center rotation as the Blazers had last year. And the Blazers finished 29th in defense from the center position.
0: Actually, I do want to mention that KCP in the first three rounds was really good, above 40% from three uh, in the finals, though he wasn't good from the outside. But... If you remember in those closing games, he had some really clutch drives to the basket that really helped no, them, uh, help
1: the team to victory. Lakers and five, actually. I don't know why. This is weird. I keep forgetting about Rondo
0: he was terrific he was uh I again was I, went all, I was the last wasn't i sean on the last on the the train the rondo train because he was doing so well at rondo
1: that if that yeah, rondo, you were gerald you were it, but you finally got on it yes we discussed if that rondo in 2020 was shooting like that in 2010 the lakers would have lost that final yeah absolutely yeah he was lights out especially in game six geez he couldn't yeah. miss a shot so I'd say Rondo, yeah, I'd say Rondo. Rondo, More I think you're right. Yep. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're right.
0: Rondo was was shooting out of his mind, and that was something that uh, that helped. But also the transition game in that that series was really great, uh, opportunistic, and the defense that the Lakers were providing at times were was really good too. I think that was some of the keys right there for you. But again, when it comes to what was happening earlier today, it was the press conference for Darvin Ham, and also Rob Palenka. And, uh, and you know, I think we'll just close this out, Sean, by hearing your and Joe's final thoughts on it as you know, as best we can. Obviously, we got a lot of the coach speak. We got a lot of GM speak. But there was a couple moments in there that hopefully will provide some inner light as far as what's going on with the Lakers as they head into training camp next week. Coming out of the LeBron mini camp this past weekend.
2: Yeah, Gerald, there's an old saying, believe nothing of what you hear and only half of what you see. So, oh my gosh, that's even less than an NBA press conference, my friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Snippets, snippets of truth, like, like very, like small.
0: First three small. rounds, Darren, first three rounds, he shot lights out. For the finals, he, he was we didn't all, didn't We didn't need yeah. him
2: in the finals to shoot like that though, because he, he was, I mean,
0: Yeah, and he was great in transition and helped us out on defense. And uh, yeah, I've absolutely, he actually did something a lot, as I mentioned, drives, his drives to the basket in the finals was something that really helped us out. He, so he helped us out in different ways that I think caught Miami off guard as well. But
2: yeah, so, so, you know, a little good, like Joe was saying, I, you know, I find the bland too. It's, it's just, it's, it's armored coach speak GM speak. It's gibberish to me, the stuff about Delo That's really, that's more about Delo than it is about Gabe, Vincent, Gerald. Like I'll, I think I'll just reiterate, I I expect Gabe Vincent at some point to be the starting point guard for the Lakers. I didn't expect it to be at the beginning of the season.
0: Eli, uh, I just want to let you know, uh, my apologies, Sean. You know, just real quick, uh, their last preseason game is against Phoenix, and the second game of the season is against Phoenix. So I just wanted to let you know on that one, so. So that's, he was asking as far as when do we play Phoenix, and that
2: was his. Uh, well, hey, we're, we're almost a week away from our first preseason game against the Warriors. I so. know.
0: Uh, my gosh. <laughs> Back to our playback, playback.tv slash Fast Break. If you have not yet signed up for playback, I highly recommend it. I'm going to actually try and see if I can look at the archives for some of the best of Joe Soro during that point of time. So definitely going to go ahead and hopefully check that out. But yes, playback.tv slash sacred fast break. If you want to hear Joe and Sean uncut uh, with all the trimmings and all the bleeps uh, taken out and just hear them as raw and as uncut as possible, go ahead and check out what they're doing today at playback.tv slash fast break for the upcoming season.
2: It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not the crap house language. Let's be honest. We. we oh no. It's. it's we. It's we use, R plus. Yeah, we use four letter words as an emphasis. That's kind of what me and Joe both agree about uh, cussing. Most of the time, it's unnecessary. Sometimes, it is necessary to illustrate a point. Uh,
0: Kurt, you're right. Can we get us to 20 likes before we head on out? If you'd be truly immensely appreciated it helps get uh, more visibility for our show to a wider audience, which ultimately we're trying to go ahead and do Joe, although before we head on out, I do want to hear your final thoughts. I know you had some detailed thoughts already at the beginning, but kind of close it up and summarize as far as the press conference for you today, because you said you watched every single minute of it while you were on the road. Or listen to it at least. Yes, I
1: did. Uh, the by the way, YouTube, you suck. There was like fifty goddamn freaking commercials in that fifty-seven minutes. I get it. Okay, I'm not. You know, like every five minutes, I kept having to press the skip button while I was in the car, and that's usually not a good thing to do when you're driving. Are you talking about YouTube, the band? Oh my god! Because I mean, are playing I get, the Sphere? I weekend? get. it. I get, I get, you know, every ten minutes, but every five minutes, two commercials. I love you
0: to the band. I'm sorry. Anyways, I love their music.
1: Uh, sorry. Look, I, I'm
0: not going to pay three or four hundred dollars for it, mind you. I, like they want I, this weekend at the Sphere or fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, but go ahead.
1: I, I knew. I don't care about the Sphere.
0: I'll be at the uh, Hawaii Uno
2: V game. I don't care about
1: Vegas. <laughs> I know you don't care about that. Vegas, really well Vegas falls into Joe, a- stay, stay
2: on track. Stay on track. Stay on
0: track. Oh, Maui's, Maui's beautiful. My heart goes out to you, Maui, each and every time. Please, if you can, uh, donate to Maui Maui Cares, uh, MauiCares.gov. I believe
1: that's correct. The, the interview went as planned. We knew we were going to get a lot of rear-end massaging. Oh yeah, uh, kissing,
2: kissing babies—the old dog and pony show.
1: And uh, but but what's great is in sports is you got to prove it. There's a lot of noise right now saying that AD is shooting really well,
0: and he's working out really hard.
1: And he's working out really hard, and it's kind of like that whole description of well, he's a good father to his kids, really. Oh, so. You want a drink for that? You want champagne? Like, uh, yeah, it's it's, it's
2: like you, that. It's like that team that they they dislike their starting quarterback so much. So when you go to interview with the offensive line, and they say, "Oh, well, you know, he's great in the huddle. Command commands the huddle. He's solid work ethic. Comes every day ready to work." <laughs> we hate <we've>, this guy. <laughs> we
1: we have we have watered down so many things in life and sports is even worse because you have $60 million a year players who still talk like that you're making $60 million and there's a complaint about playing games so with that darvin ham we've already said this before the interview by the way we already know darvin ham has got the the microscope on him, at least for me. Because he is really, except for health, which kind of plays a part in his rotations, he is the one that could screw this up very quickly. Very quickly. So, cliches aside, Rob's used car salesman bit aside, at the end of the day, if the Lakers win, we'll tolerate the the snippets and the cliched crap, the hyperbole, all that garbage. Win the game, win the game, win the game. And the rants will be more about why the other team sucks. Because the rants seem to not want to stop. So I might as well just accept that. I I didn't plan on being the ranter. I didn't. It's just not what, what I wanted to do. I want to enjoy the games and I want to talk about the good things but if you guys want the rants then i gotta give you what you want
2: there you go That'll but i'd rather that. rant
1: on the other teams i don't want to rant on the you're,
2: lakers you're, joe you'll never be a kingmaker, but you're the rant maker Means <sighs> a lot to me
0: <laughs> i'll tell you what though great conversation to close out the night right here at the lakers fast break you do have your press conference your annual press conference you know, this year, Joe, it ha- funny how it's not that hard to find Rob Palenka this time around. Hmm. Imagine that. The Quinky ding. You don't even need to go ahead and have your Rob Palenka mask on, my
1: friend. No.
2: I'm, I'm going to miss that. i got to be honest. I miss
0: I'm those gonna, days of that. Gonna,
2: I'm yeah. going to miss that. i got to be honest.
1: He'll, he, uh, yeah, he stayed away. I think he was worried about the, the booze and the distraction
0: remember and the guess, hall of fame uh, who was it that was being inducted uh as far as on the lakers or there was some type of lakers ceremony that he was not there for invisible mm-hmm.
1: yeah he didn't yeah. want to be a, a distraction and we,
0: yeah and we were ripping on him for it i remember that yeah absolutely uh, but i tell you what though great conversation and our chat room has been going like crazy late at night you all get a ton of credit from us being the best Lakers chat room that's out there at the Lakers fast break, Kurt Dante, of course, search Lakers in five, check out his awesome channel. Go ahead and subscribe there. He runs a great channel as well. Truly appreciate blue Darren. Awesome. Thank you so much for the super chat Intel wild. Thank you so much for the super chat as well. Kurt affair. You're always laughing it up for us. Truly appreciate all the great jokes that you're providing for us to our moderator search. Everybody in the chat, Sovereign, always great to have you back. Eli, uh, I think you're a Phoenix Suns fan from what I can, but it is always great to have fans from other teams who are very cordial and can go ahead and interact with our audience in a positive way. We always love that and always appreciate that here at the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate the time everyone has taken for talking back with us and listening to us and watching us. Please subscribe today. As Joe is mocking me as we do. You know what? I, I don't mind asking 100 We need that times, Oscar
1: 100. Oscar music when you're thanking everyone. They That's really
0: something. like me. Uh, yeah, they it. like me. Da, da, they really da, like da, me.
1: Da, 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 Jim Carrey
0: yeah. in that that in the mask was really cool when he did that, but need I digress. But Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, If any news should arise, we'll hopefully be able to to provide that as well. Otherwise, we'll go ahead and give you a great Lakers chat. Our weekend is filled with content. Magic Man has not only one, but two team previews on the way on Saturday and Sunday, including Tony Jones on Saturday. Am I correct? Yes. That's going to be Saturday night at 7 p.m. Sunday night, it's Rel from We Talk Mavs, uh, Sunday at 8 p.m. So we got the Mavericks and also, as well, Utah Jazz this weekend. Plus, on Saturday at 1 p.m., it looks like it's going to be Lakerholic Spotlight, as, of course, you've got Mr. Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet, and maybe even Sean Grice and Joe. I like the new
1: name. I like the new name that our esteemed colleague, Nick, was it Nick Molina who said it? Laker Nick? Was it Laker Nick, Trader Tom,
0: Trader Tom? Yeah, tra- He's been called that before.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think that's a I think that's a better nickname. Oh, Trader Tom.
0: Well, I'll let him do what, you know, he likes to be called that. I don't want to hurt his feelings because, you know, he'll just uh, I don't, yell on I don't, my ear. I don't,
1: I don't care about feelings. I'm talking about uh, the, the name here. I, I got to hear the it. name though. works. The name works. Trader I'll, Tom.
0: Well, I'll call him Laker Tom. Laker Tom and Jamie Sweet when they return to us on Saturday at 1. But we'll be back tomorrow for more great Lakers programming. As only we can bring to you tomorrow, of course, also as well, the best Lakers chat room that's out there. Big shout out to you as always. and Thank you so much for being a part of what we do right here at the Lakers Fast Break.